Welcome to the App Story Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Hudson, inviting you to join me as I talk with other independent developers and we discuss the interesting stories behind their apps. I want to welcome everybody to a special episode of App Story Podcast. This is App Story's first ever launch day special. Today's guest is uh, Marco Napoli of Pixelini. He's going to tell us about his brand new app just released on the App Store today called uh, Wants and Needs. Marco, welcome to the show and tell us about yourself. Uh, Vic, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm extremely happy that uh, you invited me on the show. And uh, really, I got involved. Let me say, maybe a little, before I say how I got involved, maybe I should say a little bit about me. Uh, I've been developing pretty much all my life. I love computers. I fell in love with computers every first time I've ever seen them. And I come really from a strong background in enterprise developing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done a lot of apps for mortgage banking. In fact, one of my previous company, uh, which uh, was called MLN Enterprises, uh, I did a mortgage banking software where one of my bigger competitors uh, bought out my company because they wanted my software because I was the first one with banking software that was in a graphical environment. They were mostly like very ugly and hard to use. Uh, and that kind of uh, brought me into the consumer market. I started uh, really loving consumer applications. Mm-hmm. And from that strong background, I've also done some um, I've done programs where all the major hotel chains, like the Hiltons and so on, they're running sales software that I've written. And when Steve Jobs came on the stage and said, the iPhone, I fell in love. That was it. I was like, oh, this is it. Yeah. And then he said, oh, by the way, only in the web browser can you do an app. So I was a little disappointed. But, you know, almost a year later, then he says, okay, you guys can do native apps. And that was it for me. Yeah. And, and ever since, I've just been in love uh, making these apps for the iPhones and iPads. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just absolutely love it. So you devoted pretty much exclusively to iOS these days? Yep. Uh, these days, now I'm exclusive to iOS. Uh, I did some for uh, Windows uh, uh, 8. Uh, in Windows RT when it came out, but I did not find the client base there yet. You know, yeah. Microsoft has a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. That's that's probably saying it nicely. <laughs> that's very nicely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's uh, move on to the sales pitch portion of the show. Tell everybody about Once and Needs, what it is, what it does, who your target market audience is, all that sort of thing. Once uh, and Needs... Is a uh, to to just say really quickly what does it what does it do why wants it needs uh, anybody that only wants I want I want I want and never appreciates what they have mm-hmm. will never be happy and that's why wants and needs uh, is created uh, and, and I fall into that trap myself too I want more I want this I want that there's good wants uh-huh. without any good wants you will never get ahead of life you'll never improve. Mm-hmm. But there's also the danger of that overconsumption. I want, I want, I want everything. I want everything. I don't care what it is. I'll do anything to want it. But never appreciate like even your friends or your wife or your children saying, hey, uh, you know, they'll do something for you. It's like, ah, I, I am owed that. You know, you don't stop and say, wow, yeah. look at that kind action that somebody just did. And that's what Once and Needs app is made for. For you to look at your life 
put it in perspective, and really start kind of setting your goals and prioritize your good wants, you know, the truly needs. I need to make my mortgage payment this week, I mean, this month. You know, I must pay my car payment or I cannot go to work. Mm-hmm. And then your thanks. It's like, hey, this person, a stranger just came to me. I was there and did something that helped me out some way. That's a thankful. You know, it's like, oh, you don't reflect on those items until you really start thinking. It's like, wow, look what these people did for me. And once you start really appreciating really what you have, mm-hmm. uh, your outlook on life will change. You'll definitely be a lot happier. And that's what Once and Needs is made for, to try to help you balance that your life between your true wants, your needs, and the Thanksgiving in your life. Very interesting. That's really cool. And, and to me, one of the Thanksgivings today is obviously being a guest on your uh, podcast. <laughs> you know? Well, and I'm thankful for the fact that you're doing the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, so... That's that's pretty good sales pitch for the app and tells everybody what it's all about. Let's get into the the story behind the app and how the idea came to you and anything that you feel is of interest in the process of bringing it to fruition. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, I started developing uh, Once and Needs about a year ago, Mm -hmm. Uh, actually last uh, December, not December 2014, but December 2013. I was sitting in a church and I was just listening and all of a sudden the pastor said something about that he needed to do something with his life in the past. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, this massive light bulb went off. It was like, oh, wants and needs. you got to make a list of what you want and what you're thankful for. And then you can start looking at your life, how it works. It just, just The idea just spread out right there was a sitting in the pews. Mm-hmm. And that's how wants and needs came to be. I started saying, you know what? I am not appreciating a whole lot of stuff in my life also. You know, my wife is always there, my children. Uh, they do so much for me. Yeah. But you don't think. It's like, wow, look what she did. Look what she does every day for me. And my friends, too, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, people that I don't know, even on as developers, um, you might not know how to do something. You go to the news group, and there's these very kind people that help and answer you. Yeah. Truly amazing. I mean, uh, the you know, so how much Thanksgiving is in that? I mean, daily we go through that. Uh, so that's how Once and Needs came to be. It was just one of those things like, oh, that's it. I got to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so I started uh, envisioning um, in my mind, how, how would I do this? You know, how could you, because normally you take a piece of paper, do a line in between. Uh-huh. On the left side is my wants. On my right side is my thanks. And then I'm going to start looking at my life and say, hmm, I have all these wants and I got like one thanks. Uh, there's got to be some of the things I might be thankful for. So I took that kind of approach and started thinking in my mind, all right, what do we do with this? Mm-hmm. And and then my wife, as she seen me do this, she goes, you know, Marco, um, once the thanks are good, but you, got, you also got to have needs. You know, there's something that you have to have. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. And I, so I thanked her. I was like, Carla, thank you. You know, and so that's how once it needs actually the name started to shape up, and that's how it came to be. Uh, so it's got split into three sections now, once, needs, and thanks. Mm-hmm. And then what I started doing is this: I kind of develop uh, the UX, the flow of the app, the information that I could, that we're going to collect and what the app is going to do in my mind. I, I don't draw it on paper like most people do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I envision in my mind, I actually close my eyes and I see the screens, how they're going to look, 
what information I want to collect. Uh, and I start like in my mind thinking different ways to do it. And as I start deciding, okay, this is the best way. So now in my mind, I have this particular screen that I like for the, you know, the first screen that you receive. Yeah. Uh, which should be one that gives you up-to-date information quickly so you don't have to do anything. Ability to create, share, and do anything you like there. And then move on to the next section that you might need to do more details on. And that's my train of thought when I, when I start designing the apps. Uh, and then once it needs, especially once you go in, the first thing you prompt you, you'll see is here's my charts and it shows you once your needs, your things and how you're doing through a bar chart or you can also do a pie chart or a line chart. And, and you can kind of see, I, lo- I love myself the bar chart because it's so easy to see. You yeah. can see how much wants you have and how little things they are. And, and you might have, you know, somewhere in the middle, the, the needs. So right away, like, okay, hmm, what do I need to do? So that's how I, I really started with the app, how I started developing it. And, and through my mind, I keep thinking, what am I going to do next? What am I going to show? Uh, and one of the things that I always struggle with, I always want to put more information on the screen that is needed. Mm-hmm. So I always, the struggle with me is what do I cut? What do I not put there? And uh, so I spend a lot of time on removing things that I originally put there so that it's not a clutter environment. Yeah, just trying to keep it from getting overloaded. That's right. Yeah, That's oh, right. Well, and the new iOS aesthetic is all about that, you know, just strip it back to the basics. and Absolutely. And, and unfortunately, in the Windows world, it's the opposite. How, how much can you stick in there in one screen? <laughs> <laughs> and how ugly can you make it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is, there is a lot of that. So, so and, far, everything is just still existing in your mind at this point? Or have you started to, to code things out yet at all? Or prototype? Yeah, no, at that point, once I got in my mind what the first screens are going to be, the first screen, the second screen that you go to, mm-hmm. uh, then at that point, I will start prototyping an Xcode. Okay. I'll actually go into the storyboard yeah, and just lay out the screens, run them, just connect them so that they run, put the buttons there that should be there, uh, run them, see what it does, and then start getting the feel, hey, is this right or wrong? And usually I always make adjustments, mm-hmm. you know, and I continue to make adjustments all the way, you know, the first two, three months, even four months, five months, I'm still making adjustments depending on, on the feedback that I'm receiving. Uh, things that change that I think, you know what, this is more important than this other feature, and I, I make modifications. But the bulk of the app, the way it's going to flow and the way it's going to do things, pretty much stays the same. It's how it's done that changes, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what I'm going to show, not going to show. Uh, and, and I usually add more features than I originally thought of. Yeah. And then I work things like, well, they might not need this yet, so I kind of take some away. I go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just kind of adjusting it as you work through the implementation details. That, that's right. Okay. So after you've got it prototyped and, and storyboarded and you're pretty comfortable with the flow, um, did you have any interesting things from the technical details of your implementation of it? Or yeah, Absolutely. Uh, where my technical fun always begins is when I start adding core data and <laughs> core data is easy. Yeah. iCloud and core data. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've played with that. It's, a, it's in my app and it, it's, it's better than when they first rolled it out, but it's still not without issue. 
Uh, I agree. Uh, you know, you can always get out of the sink if you test it hard enough and to put two devices next to each other and just mm-hmm. add and delete and it will go out of sync. And then eventually you'd have to just turn off iCloud Drive and turn it back on and get it to resync. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I spend a lot of time fine-tuning that iCloud core data sync. Uh, in my mind, since I come from an enterprise world, yeah. syncing is always there. Mm-hmm. It's always up to date. When I add something in one computer, I go to the computer, it's immediately there. There's no waiting. So one of the things I'm still getting used to is the uh, the, the waiting period with the iCloud and Core Data. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not immediate. Um so that, that's one of the things that I would love to see improved uh, in the future. We'll see. Now that uh, Apple uh, has, um, has, uh, is improving the technology, we'll see where they go with it. Yeah. Hopefully it does get better. And it could be – That's it, right. I think they might be doing some magical peer-to-peer stuff if you're on the same Wi-Fi network. And in my personal testing with, with my app, I noticed that – if I was doing things like on the same Wi-Fi network, things seemed to go much quicker. It didn't seem like they had to truly go all the way to a server and back. Uh, yeah, 100% the same with me. Yeah. Yeah. So from your enterprise environment then, it's just for you syncing, it's not even a checkbox. You just assume it has to be part of your app? Okay. Yeah, it's it's part of the app or you don't have Got it. an app. That, that that's, yeah. a, that's a pretty good way to look at it. I mean, it's just... More and more, just about everything we do on these devices is going to connect to some web service and sync in some way or another. Exactly, exactly. So I noticed you got a, a Today View widget in there for it. Did you have any interesting challenges or anything in, in implementing that? Believe it or not, it's going to be the same answer. When I did the <laughs> um, Today widget, I had to sync with iCloud. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, it took a few tries to get it to sync, and it finally worked. Yeah. Uh, so there was, uh, you know, some technical issues um, because you got to work with the shared groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the shared groups is not enough because in our case, once it needs, if someone is on the road with their iPhone, they put a, a thank or a want or a need, and they come back home and they go on their iPad and swipe down and get the Today widget for once it needs, mm-hmm. if you did not open up the app, it wasn't going to sync. Uh, yeah. Because of the shared groups. Yeah. Do you want? Do you mind to uh, go into the the shared groups thing and all that? I mean, let's let's go into a little bit of detail with this sure. if you're comfortable with it. Because I personally sure, myself, fine. I haven't played with any Today View widgets yet. I'm sure there's probably a percentage of listeners that that maybe coders that haven't played with Today View widgets yet. There's definitely users, or yeah, there's definitely some listeners that are users that probably have no idea how this stuff works at all. It might be interesting. Mm-hmm. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and, and just to, f- to finish the answer, I had to, of course, I, you know, I had to add the iCloud syncing mm-hmm. to the widget. And really, that's where I spent probably a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, you know, and where I'm sure that's where everyone else also spends their time. There. So the, the widget and the app don't ever really talk directly to each other. They, they send everything to and from iCloud. To and from iCloud because they must sync, correct? Yeah. There's, a, there's a few items. Uh, that I use the share groups for, mm-hmm. but, um, but it's something that will come out in future releases of once it needs. But I've already laid out the groundwork so that it will be there. For example, um, in future releases, um, in the Today widget, right now you go and you see a bar chart and you see what's there. 
In future releases, we're going to uh -huh. add more items where you can have different charts like the app does. And if you go in one uh -huh. widget and select the pie chart, and then I go to my iPhone and select the widget, it has to sync there. So we're using some of that technology with, uh, with the, uh, the, the cloud uh, shared defaults to do that kind of sync. Okay. So when you say shared because groups, you mean a, a group of NS user defaults that's shared between, for all practical purposes, the Today Widget Correct. and the app itself are just two completely separate apps, right? Absolutely. Uh, but they're sharing a, a, a common set of user defaults. Okay. That's right. That's right. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we use those because um, those, sh those shared defaults are, are quick. You know, they sync very mm -hmm. quickly. Um, too bad they only accept, you know, little data. You can't have massive amounts of yeah. data. Is working with them, is it similar to the uh, NS Ubiquitous defaults, the iCloud key value syncing? Is it pretty much the same structure? Yeah, in fact, I have the exact same code okay. uh, that I have for the app into the widget. Uh, the, the main parts that I had to break away, I have a class that I use for the iCloud that does the iCloud core syncing, some of the, so that I can call them from any other uh, class. Uh, I had some UI in my original class in the iCloud uh, core data class, uh -huh. which I had to remove any UI items because the widget will not allow you to have any of those UI items there. You know, like a, a notification, a pop-up, you know, that you want to show a piece of information. Yeah. So I had to work that out of, of the class, you know, and do a separate class for the widget. So just to summarize it, I took my original iCloud core data class, mm -hmm. took away all the UI code, and created a new class that went in for the widget so that I could separate the UI code. Got it. It's very interesting. So it's, it's really, it, it, it truly is just developing two side-by-side -side apps then. It, it really is. Uh, I was kind of hoping that that was not going to be the case. And since the widget is part of the app, it should be able to talk to the same uh, folded to the same, you know, but obviously Apple has some reasons not yeah, to security. Yeah, exactly. Reasons. As I was saying, I'm sure there's a lot of security concerns and, and a lot of really good reasons. I would hope really good reasons why they've, they put up that wall in between them. Exactly. Exactly. The same here, which is, is really great for the users, but it, it kind of ups the ante on the developer. It's, it's a, a little bit of a barrier for entry there. <laughs> it, it sure does. And now that we'll be developing some of the Apple watch, uh, apps you know that that's going to be the same case there mm -hmm. too you know it has to talk to the to the main app on this so phone. you plan to do a watch app for it as well oh absolutely uh, absolutely so it's already in in design in my head how it's gonna how it's gonna come mm -hmm. out and uh, have you been playing with it in the simulator or anything yet i have i have played a little bit with it um and uh can't wait that's really interesting do you mm -hmm. um is it pretty much implemented? I haven't played with WatchKit yet either. In some ways, I'm a bit of a Luddite as far as being a developer goes. Um, <laughs> is it more or less pretty much the same process as developing a Today widget? Okay. Yeah, pretty much the same process. So it's a third now. target then? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Now, the WatchKit, you can't get to core data or anything from the... It's. I have I have not tested it's, that. It's kind of so like I, a. It's. Am I right in saying it's more mm -hmm. like a remote control view for the app that's actually still running on the phone? Absolutely, okay. it's it's got to make the calls back, and it relies on the mother app. Okay. 
Interesting. And, you know, in my case, it's going to be interesting how I'm going to get the iCloud. You know, hopefully I can just make calls to the uh, main app to get the iCloud to come down. So we will find out what intricacies I'll have to deal with there. So when it's connecting back to the the app on the phone, is it it using the same target as as the original app or is is there an entirely third? Yeah, so there's a separate target okay. for the Apple Watch that you'll create. Even though it's just a remote um, view, there's still a third stack that you're developing. Mm-hmm, correct. Interesting. I'm going to have to play with that. <laughs> yeah, and, and also myself, I'm still in the learning phase of that, you mm-hmm. know, playing with it. Uh, I've been obviously sidetracked a lot by the the release of Once It Needs app, you know, putting all the final touches, mm-hmm. uh, listening to the to the beta testers their feedback mm-hmm. uh and we've adjusted almost all the way to the end that's great to make sure that everything works. have you got a pretty wide beta test group uh we did not do a massive database group we kept it under 20 mm-hmm. and that's where our main feedback has been coming okay so after you got it out to the beta group and and you started getting some feedback were there any substantial changes or anything that you felt needed to be made from that uh, they were not substantial changes, okay. no. Uh, more on the grounds of uh, bug fixes mm-hmm. and, and fine-tuning uh, all the way to the end, we uh, fine-tuned that iCloud core data sync, mm-hmm. made uh, changes all the way to the end. And, and then I was once I was satisfied that it was a pretty good sync as much as we could do, uh, and that's, that's when uh, I decided, okay, now we can release version 1.0. Mm-hmm. So I take it you've been busy for the, the last few weeks or so trying to, to work on marketing side of things. Anything you want to share in that? Absolutely. You know, for any fellow developers, uh, I start with this app, all my other apps that I've done before, I've, I've really never started the marketing early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Once and Needs, um, I think I got some really good advice from one of my friends, Steve Young. Uh, to really start earlier. So I did. So we started doing marketing early on. How early? Uh, what, not, what constitutes uh, early for you? Uh, about, probably about now seven, eight months ago. Okay. Yeah. So we started, you know, kind of talking. So you've been marketing with, really right alongside almost the whole development stage of it. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It was a slow process. You know, we just would talk to people and might tell somebody about it and try to see what they would say, uh, if there would be an interest there. And it kind of like build up over time. We we try to build up a little bit of the social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, but it's been mostly talking uh, behind the scenes to people, uh, speaking with um, the, the websites, blogs, mm-hmm. uh, podcasting shows that also hit a lot of the gratitude items that this app, you know, obviously fulfills. Uh-huh. Uh, and going to uh, those kind of sites to saying, hey, look, we have something for your viewers, your readers, that might be interesting to them to help them with improve their gratitude. Yeah. So we've been doing a lot of that. And then uh, probably, you know, we try to hit some of the, of course, the tech uh, journalists here, you know, podcasters. And, uh, you know, that's always going to be the hardest yeah. Unless you know them personally, it's kind of hard to break through. They don't know you. you know. They don't know if your app is yep, good. And they get flooded with so many pitches. So That's right. Many and most pitches. of the time, 
Exactly. I couldn't even imagine. And who knows if they even see your email. A lot of times they'll, they'll read your email, they'll look at the headline and not even open mm-hmm. it. You know, so uh, we've done like probably uh, one to two follow-ups, but we kept it at that because we don't want to be nagging. Yeah, you know, it's that, really that tricky. Right. You, you, you don't want somebody to forget about you, but at the same time, you don't want to get put onto their nuisance list either. That's correct. And that, there's a fine That's line between the two. <laughs> <laughs> It sure is. And once you're there, you can't get out. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I would say as a developer, marketing is uh, absolutely probably the hardest part. Mm-hmm. And and as you start, you should start early on, even earlier than I did at conception. Uh, that year ago, I probably should have started right yeah. there and then, not even wait those two to three months. So when you're starting it that far in advance um – Obviously, you don't really have anything to show anybody at that point yet. What are you? What are you actually doing at that stage? What, what's your recommendation? Speaking, speaking concept. Okay. And it's been, and it's been uh, the people that I spoke to were more like face to face. The the ones that I could locally. Mm-hmm. Uh, other ones were just like saying, "Hey, you know, we got this app coming up, and it's once and needs." I would just explain very quickly what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, without showing anything, any screenshots, you're not going to get much feedback. Yeah. You know, it's all it's vaporware. Yeah. So at, at the early stages, without showing stuff, there's not a whole lot that you could do, other than mention it. Yeah, you're you're entering people's consciousness with it, and and that's, and just keeping them thinking about it. Some word of mouth, some buzz, a little bit. That's right. When when I come up with an app and. Uh, of what it's going to do. And then I try to figure out what is the name. And I bounce it off all my family and friends, my wife. Mm-hmm. My wife is so sick of me. Hey, what do you think of this? <laughs> oh, yeah. Then I come back. Well, what do you think about that? Yeah, and I know then, all about that one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that's the left of a developer. Um, and, and then once I am comfortable that this is a good name for the app, then I start looking for the domain name to make sure it's available. And I've had, you know, a few times where I really loved the name, but I could not get the domain name. So at that point, I had to think of some other name to get, you know, unless you want to rename, X, the, rename the whole app project itself or just a new domain name. The actual, the actual so name. You've, you've changed yeah, the name the of the product name. before based on that, or you would yes. do that. Yeah, I would. Okay. I have actually. You feel the domain name is that um, important? Yes. Okay. Uh, I like the name to be the same as the app throughout all the different apps as much as I can. I can't do it for every app, but the main apps, I absolutely want to do that. Like one of my previous uh, applications, um, uh, Daily Book, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a journaling app. And on that one, I had to get the domain name Daily Book. And you can't get the exact Daily Book because somebody has it. So I basically added an app. Yeah. At the end, so daily book app. I, I see that it's a usually lot. Usually, I, I think a lot of people pretty much assume that is is fair game and and an ad, an acceptable substitution for not getting the exact name that you want. And, and to me too, when I just can't get it and I can't think of a better name, that's what I end up mm-hmm. with. Uh, one of the other apps uh, that I it's a mortgage app that kind of helps you to. Make extra payments and shows you how much you can save on your mortgage over time. It's called uh, Loan Tune. Mm-hmm. On that one, uh, I actually got, uh, I was very blessed. I got LoanTune.com. So that one, I was so happy. So sometimes you can get the name of uh, the same as the mm-hmm. app. But I like to keep that, you know, that name so that people 
the brand name, they yep. can kind of follow it and it's all the yeah. same. It's all about the brand. As much as I can. That's right. The brand. <laughs> the brand. <laughs> the brand. You know, before the iPhone came out, everything was, it's corporate. You always speak in we, we this, we that. Then the iPhone came out mm-hmm. and that's all about the developer, which is wonderful. Yeah. It's personal. And, it, and it's actually an adjustment that I had to do. You know, by nature, I'm private. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. I mean, I got to start sharing. I'm, I got to put my name out there. You know, I never had to do that before an enterprise. Yeah. Uh, so, but but now, you know, I've gotten used to it. And it's like, okay, that's what you do. You know, it's that's the world we live in. And it's wonderful. It's more personal. Mm-hmm. Well, it really helps people to make a connection to you. And in a lot of ways, that can really help to, to sell your products, too. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree. And if they like you, it'll help you a lot. If they don't, you know. We'll see what happens. Yes. You've got a really nice icon on the app. Did you design that yourself or did you contract that out? Uh, actually, no, it was not contracted out. Okay. Um, there's in, in all the apps that I have, uh, I've only contracted one out. Uh, I usually like to make my own mm-hmm. and I go through a process of, okay, what is the symbol that means what the app does? Mm-hmm. So once I have in my mind that what the symbol should be, then I start uh, looking at actually pre-made icons that already that might have that particular symbol. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once I look at that, if I find the symbol that is close to what I have in my mind, I might use that. Sometimes I might take that symbol, that icon that somebody's pre-made, and change it. Mm-hmm. So I do I do multiple items of that depending what I need, mm-hmm. uh, and then I start playing with the colors of the icon. And one of the items that I really try to be true to, not every time, is I like to keep the colors on the icon the same as the colors when you go inside the app. Yeah, that's, I, I like to do that myself as well. Absolutely. You know, so there's a connection. Ooh, it, it fits. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and basically, that's what I do when I design the icons. Uh, I actually use uh, Pixelmator. Uh, I, I really love that I, That's app. what I use too. It's a really oh, good one, and, and we're supporting other indies, too, with that. <laughs> uh, absolutely. We sure are. And I use it, and, you know, and now we make the uh, 20, um, you know, 1024 is out. Now it's 2048. Mm-hmm. So I start with the big icon, and then make the little sizes down. Yeah. And, and there's also uh, another app that uh, I like called DevBox. And I don't think I've seen one, this one yet. It's wonderful. I make the icon, you know, in the high resolution, mm-hmm. and then I drag it into DevBox, and it creates every icon size that you need. But it's a universal app, okay, uh, or just iPhone. And so, and it's awesome, and it just does it for you. Excellent. So, so I only concentrate on the on the on the you know the main. Just icon, make the master, and then you can pass mm-hmm. it off and have all the others generated from it. That's right. That's right. And that's really my process. And, uh, you know, I change a bit because I really want that icon to be mm-hmm. nice looking. Uh, I don't want it to be an eyesore where it's bright, bright colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with the with the interface, the UI. Uh, I really love pastel colors. I've always had. Mm-hmm. And I always try to stick to them as much as I can. I love gradients, too, where we're appropriate, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. And the screen designs, because I come from that enterprise environment, 
most of the screens that are developed there are very harsh colors and most of those users stay on you know all day on those screens mm -hmm. and it, it, it creates an eyesore it's hard to look at you know your eyes that's right it's hard to look at your eyes get more tired so I've always been into that pastel, you know, let's make it soft so that it's easier on the user and it's pleasant looking. Uh, so I really do try that, those pastel colors. Love them. Really good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the things also that I always think about is we were just speaking about marketing. Uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter how great the app is, how innovative it is, uh, unless people know about it, no one will buy it. It will never succeed. Yeah, It will fail. So the marketing portion of spreading the word is the most important thing, I think, uh, that a developer truly has to look at. Mm -hmm. Besides, obviously, making the app good. Yeah. If the app it does no need good, to be a good app. And <laughs> it does. But it does. but the marketing is, is what's really going to be so much more beneficial in the long run. That, that's right. And, you know, unfortunately for me, marketing is the thing that I hate the most. Yeah, I agree, too. <laughs> I agree on that as well. Um, and prob it's, probably all of us developers. Uh, it's a sad truth that in. if you build it, they will come is not true. <laughs> N not true at all. Maybe when the App Store first came out, that was it. Yeah. But other than that, mm -mm. Well, this app you is... You know what? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's oh, all right. All right. Uh, I, I, wanted, I wanted to say that one of the items that I really miss the most on the uh, iTunes and the App Store mm -hmm. is that when you do a release of your app, there used to be of, you know, new apps released yeah. there. And that's been removed and I think it's been a, a detriment to developers in letting the apps be seen. Yeah. Uh, I, w I would agree. Um, I definitely would agree as a developer and I would agree even more so as a user. I remember I used to love to just like to th these days, I rarely just browse the App Store. But back when they had that new and noteworthy list that was much more than just a simple little tiled row right there at the very top, when it was a whole tab all to itself, I used to, like, every few days, I would check that just to see if there was anything of interest that was new. And and you'd Vic. feel like you didn't really miss anything because that particular one, it, it wasn't stacked by what's by who won the popularity or who won the marketing contest. That was purely by release date. Absolutely. And Vic, you're absolutely right. I used to do the same thing too. Yeah. I used to love it, just purely love it. And I would purchase those apps. I would download mm -hmm. them. Uh, so I think that I would love, in fact, I'm formally requesting, Apple, please bring <laughs> that back. Well, I'm, I'm sure they're listening and I'm sure they'll get right on that. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it was it was it was it was nice to have, and and it's one of the things I do miss. Um, Me too. Now uh, about the app, I want to talk a little bit about. To be honest, I haven't explored this category a whole lot. Um, for me personally, it's definitely a, a category and a style of app that I probably wouldn't have considered before, and I, I think it's kind of a, a bold mood on your move on your part to to do this, and I want to commend you for that. Thank you. Appreciate and that. And I, I it's, think it's your story. Obviously, comes from, it originated from from a point of faith and and an idea that you got in church. But I think even people that that aren't so inclined to to share your faith or your belief in that, 
I think that all people could benefit from this this idea of keeping your life balanced and in perspective and the things that you're grateful for and and the things that you truly need and the things that are just wants. And I, I think everybody could benefit from that. Oh, I agree. I agree. I mean, if we just think about how many times somebody did something that helped you. Mm-hmm. And even strangers on the, on the on the road. And in fact, that happened to me once. I was at the library. I was trying to find something. A stranger just came out and said, oh, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, just like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, was I thankful for back then? I did not think about yeah. it. Well, th- there are that things we- that people probably just, you know, 20 minutes later, it's probably so far removed from their mind. But if they take the time to jot it down, then it, it helps to cement it a little bit more into their consciousness and helps them to be a little bit more cognizant of something that had a, a potentially very positive impact on their day and their life. Absolutely. And once it needs also will nudge you once a week, mm-hmm. send you a gentle reminder, say, hey, it's time to uh, you know take a look. And they can turn it off, of course, but it's just one reminder per week that it defaults to mm-hmm. on Fridays. Well, sadly, we, we most of us need that reminder. <laughs> oh, because if not, then, then we just stroll along with our wants and our needs, and we forget all about the gratitudes. And I'm in the same boat. Yeah. You know, and I still struggle with that, even with the app, and I use the app, and I you know, I got to think, okay, what happened this week? What At least one item that I was thankful for. Mm-hmm. And... and you know, and you you will find it. Yeah, I agree. And I think that that, like I said, you know, being aware of those and and to just stop and to think about them, it it can have a good impact. Absolutely, regardless Absolutely. of your belief system or structure, it, you know, just to help keep your life in balance. And that's right. Good karma, if you just want to call it that. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It'll be unique in a store. I've looked. At, I haven't seen anything like it. You know, there's a lot of gratitude journals out there. Mm-hmm. But this one is a little different because it really tries to help to put that life in perspective. Yeah, and you know, and and having good wants are excellent because you gotta have wants if you want to succeed in life and better yourself. Yeah, and there's also some wants that are not so good for you, and that's what the app tries to help you with. Yeah, that's great. Hopefully, a lot of people will use it, and it'll be it'll be a meaningful contribution to their life. I know I've been playing with it, and I've enjoyed it so far. Thank you. And it it has. It has made me stop and think, you know. It does make you think, you know. It's, you know, it's you one know. of those things that can help when you're just, you're, you're, life isn't going well and you're having a bad day or things just aren't turning out the way you'd hoped. And you can go back and look and, and it can be that silver lining that says, you know, it could always be worse because you still do have these things to be happy about. That's right. Absolutely. So, again, I commend you for making it and I say thanks. Um, yeah, thank, thank you. Appreciate it's, it. It's been great to talk to you. Uh, do you feel like there's anything we've left out that you wanted to discuss? I think uh, probably the last thing I want to say is, uh, you know, think positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, bad things are going to happen in our life. And uh, uh, I saw this. Uh, somebody put out this little poster, um, and they said something that really stuck with me. Uh, and um, I'll mention who they are. It's Simple Reminders. And this is what it said. It said, if you want more from life, mm-hmm. start counting your blessings instead of counting your losses, yeah. deficits, and wants. Mm-hmm. Truly amazing. And I, and I try to keep looking at that statement because it helps me. Yeah. You know, uh, when things go wrong, and, and uh, this past week, some very bad things went wrong, and it made me think, you know what? I'm, I'm looking at my losses, 
instead of saying, okay, what was the good and thought that came out of that? Some new doors are going to open up. Yeah. So that's what I like to leave uh, to leave with. And you it's know, all the same data set, but surprisingly, just the different perspective just changes everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Okay. Well, tell everybody where they can find out about the app and find out about yourself and uh, hope your launch day goes well for you. I appreciate that, Vic. Uh, they can find the information about the app on wantsandneedsapp.com. Uh, I can be found on uh, Twitter, Jedi Pixels. Plus one for the Jedi. <laughs> of course, I'm a Star Wars fan. Jedi Pixels. I'm a Star Wars fan. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Is there a Twitter account for the app or anything yet? Uh, yeah. It, for the uh, app itself, uh, we go to uh, Pixelini Inc. Okay. For Twitter. Okay. Excellent. Mm-hmm. All right. I am Vic Hudson. You can find me on Twitter at Vic Hudson One. You can find the show on Twitter at App Story Podcast, and you can find us on the web at AppStoryPodcast.com. Um, if you don't mind, you can also find us in iTunes and take a moment to review us and rate us, and that'll help with new people finding the show. And you should definitely take a moment to uh, take a look at Marco's app and possibly get it and leave him a great rating and review as well. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and thank you, Marco, for coming on. Thank you, Vic. I really appreciate it.